Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm here as always with David Ramil and the Miami Heat open up their four-game homestand with a win against the Houston Rockets, the on-fire Houston Rockets. The Heat were able to beat them. You can, it just goes to show in the NBA, I mean, any team can beat any team on any given night, except maybe like the Warriors or something. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't <laughs> seem likely. But, you know, Miami did play Golden State pretty tough when they faced them a few days ago. And that's true. There's always... There's always the South Beach flu. I think that's what they were referring to it during the NBA TV broadcast. Uh, you know, a night in Miami, it's an off night. You're going to go celebrate and maybe you're not going to be ready for the next day. But I don't think that was the case. I think uh, just Miami just looked better overall and Houston struggled. So you don't think that was the case, her. really? I mean, we don't, we're, not, we're, not taking, we're not taking away credit from the Heat, but there might have been like James Harden in South Beach. Can I be honest with you? I, I think they all get drunk. Whenever they want to, wherever they are. I, I mean, Good seriously, point. I think like yeah. there's like, I mean, there's so many options for them realistically. Whether they're in Oklahoma City at the Haunted Hotel or on South Beach, they're gonna get laid and drunk whenever they want to. What a it's life! The NBA. What a life! It is. <laughs> so uh, the Heat beat the Rockets one hundred nine to one hundred three. Um, they hand Houston just their twelfth loss on the year. It's Miami's twelfth win in the year. How about that? <laughs> So, uh, really the difference in the game, um, there's a few different things we can point to, but just the things that stand out, uh, Miami outscored Houston in the paint by 14 points. They outscored them 64 to 50. Um, obviously white side, a part of that. And, uh, the bench outscored Miami's bench outscored Houston's bench 51 to 32. They made things difficult for James Harden, despite Harden finishing with a triple-double. Harden had 40 points, but on 30 shots. He was 12 of 30 shooting. Took 15 three-pointers on the night. Holy shit. Four of 15 threes. He only he only made four of them. Um, otherwise, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was really it, right? They made things difficult yeah. on Harden, and they dominated the paint, and that's not a bad strategy. It was a revolving door of defenders on Harden. At one point, I think, Dragic tried covering him. Tyler Johnson, Rodney Magruder started off on him and picked two quick picked up two quick fouls in the first quarter. James Johnson was picking him up. Dean Deion Waiters. Everybody had a hand. Look, he, he finished with forty points anyway. But like you pointed out, a lot of those shots didn't fall normally. They would have. He still finished twelve of thirteen at the free throw line. But that's the strength of his game. And just the perimeter shooting wasn't there for Harden tonight. So uh, you know Miami was able to capitalize despite the fact that Harden. I don't know if you mentioned this. Did Harden that got another triple double tonight? Yeah, forty points, twelve rebounds, ten assists. I mean that dude's on fire. I mean it was an inefficient forty points, but that guy. I mean there's he, there's a reason he's in front for a lot of people for the MVP this year, and yeah, and that says a lot about the Heat and and things that quite frankly we've been hearing all year from opposing coaches is that like look they don't have a lot of personnel right now for so many different reasons but 
give Eric Spolster credit because his teams play hard and you know, at some point the Heat were going to win a game and this was a good one to have. It's strange though cuz I mean, I, they even referred to it at the start of the broadcast that normally when you come back from a long road trip as Miami did, you settle back home and oftentimes that first game back at home is a, a loss because you're just adjusting to life back at home. You've got family needs. You've got, you know, if you got a wife and kids or whatever, they want to, you know, have you come to school functions or pay bills or do whatever it is that things happen in NBA households. And yeah, so not that get sometimes drunk and get laid. Not, not necessarily. No, yeah, you can't do that when you're at home. And, um, and, and so it's a little bit more difficult for them. And then they kind of have an adjustment period, but it didn't look like that for Miami. They looked as sharp as they have all season. You know, I think that was probably their, I'm not sure if it was their best game, but arguably one of their best games of the season. And just before we dig in a little bit, just wanted to cover some of the bigger things here. Um, Miami went on a 17 to three run to close the game, which is really what got them the lead there and got them the win. And just looking at this box score, before we really get into the nitty-gritty here, just kind of calling out some of these numbers. Goran Dragic, 21 points, 8 assists, 8 rebounds. I mean, he almost had his own triple-double. Talk about Harden's numbers. But Whiteside, 14 points, 15 rebounds. Deion Waiters, 17 points tonight on 7 of 15 field goals. That's not bad. Uh, James Johnson had 15 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. I mean, he loaded up the box score as usual. Tyler Johnson, 16 points. Wayne Ellington, 18 points. He made five of nine three-pointers. I mean, even Luke Babbitt. Oh, wait, no. He had zero points on zero of three shooter. <laughs> That's Sorry, a good, I, strong I Babbitt stat line there. That's a, it's a good Babbitt stat line, yeah. <laughs> so it's, a lot it's of the classic. That's the Babbitt. Board. We should just nickname. If you go O of three for zero points, that's for now on, that's called the Babbitt. <laughs> Could be the Derek Williams, too, unfortunately. <laughs> Derek Williams is mostly just a DNP, which he was tonight. Yeah. yeah. DNP-CD. But, uh, and, um, yeah, so anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to pick on Luke Babbitt. I'm not sorry. Uh, no, I mean, he started off with a couple three-point attempts. Of course, they clanged off, and you're wondering, man, at one point, he's just going to keep taking those. I mean, I guess, who do you have? It's better than putting the ball on the floor and taking an off-balance, awkward, mid-range shot like he's been doing, so... That's progress, but I don't want to talk about Babbitt. That's enough of Babbitt. Um, mostly, I thought the, what really stood out to me is that the Heat didn't have that killer quarter that just has been sinking them for the last two months now of, of all these losses. It just seems like it's not one quarter, right? This isn't the season of the third quarter, but right. it, it is a season of just one really bad quarter. It might be the first, it might be the second, or third, or fourth. But tonight they didn't have it. I mean, they got outscored no. by Houston, thirty-two to twenty-seven in the first quarter. But that's hanging in there, right? They outscored them in the second quarter. They, they tied it up in the. Th- they had a tie. They they each scored twenty-six points in the third quarter. So they're in the game by the fourth quarter. And maybe you thought that they would have blown it, and a lot of people probably did. They're like, okay, this is when Houston pulls away. This is what we've seen with the Heat playing elite teams, which the Rockets certainly are, all season. They can hang in there, and then they blow it. But they. You know, credit to Miami. They they fought the whole game, and they they didn't. They, they ended up outscoring the Rockets in the fourth quarter, thirty to twenty four. I mean, when you consider that Miami starters had what is it, fifty eight points compared to fifty one for their bench. I mean, that's a pretty even distribution there. I mean, that's that's if once Goran goes to the bench, Tyler Johnson comes in and is able to provide some scoring as well, which hasn't always been the case. You know, James Johnson goes in there and does his thing on a night when Hassan Whiteside was being slightly productive. And, and you know, it, it was a good even distribution of scoring there. And that's that's the kind of effort we haven't always had 
Um, you know, obviously with injury or inconsistency or something along those lines, but it was a, a really good performance from the whole roster tonight, with the exception of Luke Babbitt, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking <laughs> at um, James Harden's shot chart right now, right? Uh, and uh, let me turn this one off. It's busy. It's a lot of it. Oh, it's a busy shot chart. And, and before I look at that, uh, the Heat, their whole defensive scheme is kind of sets themselves up nicely for a matchup against the Rockets. I mean, the whole idea of Miami's defensive strategy is to fill, is to uh, funnel guys off the three-point line or at the very right. least make things difficult for three-point shooters and funnel them over to Hassan <clears throat> Whiteside. And then you look at what the Rockets like to do is they don't like to take a lot of mid-range shots. They want to take mo- they right. want to take, you know, 99% of their shots either come at the basket or at the three-point line. And so they're not going to take advantage of the mid-range game that the Heat purposely leave open on a day-to-day basis. So really, it was a matter of it, it was a battle of wills and talent tonight, uh, where you know the Houston, the Rockets were like, okay, we're gonna take three-point shots, we're gonna get to the rim, and Miami was like, okay, do your best, and Miami came out on top, and they made things really difficult for James Harden. You, I'm looking at his shot chart, and a lot of his Three-pointers even. You know, mm-hmm. the Miami will typically um, go over screen, fight over screens. Their guards will fight over screens to chase guys off the three-point line. And to combat that, it looked like Houston almost, or James Harden specifically, just took a couple steps back beyond the three-point line, taking those Steph Curry range threes. Sure. Because even if you fight over the, the screens, you're, you know, you take a few steps back away from the There's rim. There's still and space, you still, yeah. And yeah, and you have enough airspace to launch a shot. And, that's look, and that looks like what he did. And I mean, it is what he did, and that made things really hard for him. What, what did I say? Four of fifteen from three point range. 15. I mean, he's yeah. he's taking really, even if they're open, really difficult three pointers, and that was that was phenomenal by the Heat. Phenomenal defense. Yeah. Now, I mean, as far as their three point shooting overall, I mean, Houston just did. Uh, they shot twenty three percent on the night, a nine of thirty nine. But part of that, you can't be attributed to the fact that they were missing Ryan Anderson, a starter and a long range shooting threat. Uh, he's not always the most consistent shooter, but he's very good. He does have long range and he can put up some numbers in a hurry. Eric Gordon, who's also their second leading scorer, finished tonight one of 10 and just with seven points overall. He's been struggling with injury. He went to the to the back at some point in the locker room to get looked at at some point during the game, and they came back out. But clearly he was struggling with injury, and I'm sure that probably played a big factor as well. So Miami will take it. I mean, no, no team can rely on injuries as an excuse. Miami's dealt with it all year long, and doesn't matter at this point. A win's a win. So Goran Dragic, 21 points, 8 assists, 8 rebounds. He did have six turnovers, but he was a plus six for the game in 37 minutes. Really strong night from him. You like to see Dragic. I mean, he scored basically half as many points as James Harden, but didn't take. But he also took half as many shots. I mean, that was a good game. That's the kind of game that you want to see from Dragic in a, when he's going basically head-to-head with an MVP point guard. Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he played for the Rockets at one point, I think, uh, before Harden was acquired, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dragon, Dragon revenge game? Or is that is that water under the bridge at this point? I don't know. I don't know. You never know. I mean, he's he's clearly doing a lot. I mean, obviously his name keeps keeps getting brought up in trade talk, and so I think maybe he's just trying to stay as positive as possible and and, and be consistent. And it's just a good night. I mean, he tends to play well against Western Conference teams. 
he, he does. He yeah. does. I think he. I think he scores hot more against those teams. Uh, I think even last year at one point when when they were discussing, I think it's just a rumor whether or not the Clippers should acquire him when Chris Paul got hurt. A big part of that reasoning was the fact that he's always been. I think his his scoring average against Golden State is unusually high, or at least it was before he came to the Eastern Conference, and so that was something to consider. But I, I mean, I don't know how much. I haven't checked the numbers over the splits lately, so I, I can't verify if that's the case. But another one of those guys that made life difficult for Harden was Tyler Johnson. He did a really. He was really physical. Everything you expect from Tyler Johnson, right? At this point, I mean, he's not the biggest. He's not the strongest. He's not the most talented, but he just works his ass off. And he made things he, – he did not shy away from Harden. He leaned into him. He got into him and made things hard for him defensively. And offensively, 16 points on 6 of 17 shooting, plus 11 off the bench. I mean, that Johnson & Johnson bench unit com- continues to thrive. And they had a little help from Wayne Ellington with his with all his three-pointers that he made. Just to see that kind of – look, the shots were obviously falling for the Heat tonight, right? Sure. Uh, they shot almost 7% better from the floor than Houston. Nine times out of ten, that doesn't happen, and that's not to say they didn't. They got. They didn't. That's not to say that the Heat got lucky tonight. They definitely worked really hard and, and really played well and executed the game plan really well. But this was just. This is one of those fun nights in a season that just. We haven't had a lot of these nights, is what I'm basically trying to say. Where you know you have a few <laughs> different players actually making their shots, right? It's 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 hard to kind of wrap your mind around it. A, a big <laughs> win against a big team, you know, a really a really strong team. So I, we, I, like you pointed out, we haven't had a lot of these. So I think we're a little flustered right now. It's easy to go into the same kind of repetition when there's the regular losses, but now that we've got a win on our hands and against a very good team to boot, it's kind of hard to deal with. But um, yeah, I think Tyler did a really spectacular job. Uh, he, he picked up his scoring late. Had a couple of really nice steals for breakaway dunks. They are a breakaway dunk and a breakaway layup because he seemed like he kind of got stuck in midair, wasn't able to quite finish with a dunk. Um, I don't think his yeah his perimeter shooting wasn't there. He finished just one of four overall. But defensively, I think as you were alluding to, he did a pretty good job on on Harden. He kind of seemed to figure it out really quickly not to get tangled up with Harden. Like I mean. You know, for all of your opinion, I mean, not necessarily you, but I'm saying people have a strong opinion on Harden, usually one way or the other, whether or not they love him or they think he's absolute garbage because most of his points come at the free throw line. But the fact is that he is very good at drawing context, selling it. There's no doubt that he flops or embellishes a little bit, but he's also very good at, at getting those long arms and getting people tangled up as he drives towards the rim. And he's got a quick first step. He's virtually unstoppable, a hell of a crossover, and that's something that, that breaks down a defender. But what Tyler was able to do on a couple of occasions was kind of just use his, his athleticism just enough to, to kind of back off at just the right moment and let either Harden lose his footing a little bit or as he was making a pass, Tyler would swoop in there and intercept it. And, and I mean, I think he had a, a three steals in the night. So clearly he, he was starting to get that timing down as the game progressed. And, and he was really just playing a strong defensive game over on, on, a, on, on MVP candidate like Harden. And then just a few of those, those triggers that we see on a night to night basis on these, on these losses, the turnover margin, for example, that's something the heat haven't been doing well all season. Well, Houston had 17 turnovers. Miami only had 15. You know, so not yeah. they won that they won that battle there. Uh, their free throw shooting, which is usually horrendous, not great. They shot at a 67% clip, but it's usually worse, right? So 
there was that. They didn't get killed on fast break points. They they ended up outscoring Houston in the in the paint. They didn't get killed rebounding wise. Um, what now? I should point out something else. I mean, Whiteside only finished with one block on the night, yeah. and probably a lot has to do with the fact that you know obviously Houston's offense is so perimeter based. Exactly. But despite the fact that he wasn't really being challenged at the rim a whole hell of a lot. He altered a number of shots as well. I think I saw a lot of guys driving towards the rim, seeing Whiteside obstruct their path there and kind of look to to maybe kick it out to the perimeter that led to you know a, a bad or a contested shot attempt from the Rockets. So I think he did a fine defensive job as well. That's a good point. And uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say something and I completely forgot what it was. Damn, I derailed the train of thought. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. You, you just you ruined it, man. Oh, pace. Yeah, to go along with the whole hey, pace mind. thing. I mean, Houston, <laughs> he, I, we've seen Miami a few times this season kind of play to its opponent's pace. And I think most of that is just because Miami doesn't have an identity because of all of the injuries and the players that are no longer here. Um, so sometimes I think they just get wrapped up in the opponent's game and they just they play that way. And tonight, Houston definitely dictated the pace of the game, the whole flow of the game. And, uh, I mean, even Miami taking 29 threes in the game, that's a lot for them. So, with the pace being at 105 and a half, um, according to ESPN's box score here, uh, that's something that I think Spolstra wants to play. And that's what, you know, even before the year, we heard, like, okay, we're going to play through Goran Dragic, we're going to play faster, we're going to get up and go. And obviously, this is kind of the season that never really got going. So mm-hmm. uh, the Heat have played pretty slow most of the year. But they hung in there with that pace. They took 90 shots tonight. They scored 109 points tonight. We were talking about it before the podcast. That's one of their highest scoring games of the season. Not the highest, but one of them. Uh, so it was really cool to see. I mean, just to go along with the whole fun night that the Heat basically had, making shots, playing at a fast pace. I mean, it was just a fun, enjoyable game. It really was, yeah, yeah. Uh, and surprising. I think I don't, you know, obviously yeah. a lot of people would have predicted that Houston would come out with a, a blowout victory. It didn't happen, and uh, Miami was able to do what they've done all season. You know, I, I played tough. I, I at one point there, I think after the first quarter, it looked like yeah they might get a little space. Uh, the Rockets, I mean, you know, they might be able to jump onto a big lead, but Miami was able to claw their way back and then establish a lead of their own, which was really impressive. And and they were able to do that in the fourth quarter as well. Yeah, it's one of those things, and we had talked about the morale of okay. At some point, you know, you battle in these close games, and you and you, you know, you're losing close games, but you're fighting hard and you're battling, and everybody's complimenting how good you're battling, all the injuries and everything like that. Despite all of that, they're they're playing really hard, and that can boost morale. But at some point, you fear that that would go the other way, and at some point, you know, you just get sick of losing all these close games, and that hurts morale, and all of a sudden, the Heat start getting blown out. This is one of those games that's like, okay, we stayed in there, we battled to the end, we had a run at the very end to help us get this win, this is why we play so hard every single night, despite being, you know, 12 and 30, uh, being 6 and 13 at home, you know, despite all of that, that's why we play so hard. So, um, just a few other notes before we wrap this up, the Heat's newest player, O'Carroll White, did not play tonight, so uh, we haven't gotten to see his Miami Heat debut yet. Um, obviously, everybody else that was hurt was hurt. Udonis Haslam, Derek Williams, they didn't play. Um, any other notes that you wanted to point out? 
Uh, no, I think it was uh, just a pretty solid game, like I said. I, I don't know that anything else necessarily stood out. Deion Waiters, uh, you know, 17 points, 7 to 15 shooting. And, you know, he was having some shots there that weren't quite falling at the rim, but, you know, he was, as he has always been, you know, aggressive in getting to the hoop. And, and uh, it was a nice compliment to Goran Dragic's consistency. Yeah, might as well end on a Deion Waiters note. Absolutely. Whenever possible. <laughs> Whenever possible. All right, well, that's all we have for today. Whether you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, thank you for listening. You can get in touch with the show on Twitter at Lockdown Heat or by email, where you can send us mailbag questions, comments, or sponsorship opportunities. That's LockedOnHeat at gmail.com. And if you aren't subscribed already, please do so to get the podcast automatically every day. Then go to iTunes, rate us, review us, say nice things about us. It helps our position on the iTunes charts, helps other people discover the show. And we'll catch you next time. Hey, Wes again. Did you know that podcast listeners are 65% more likely to engage with a sponsor than listeners of any other medium? If your company is looking to reach a male audience between the ages of 18 and 44, you should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Heat is listened to by 95% men, 74% of which are between the ages of 18 and 44. Plus, our rates are reasonable, or you can decide that for yourself. Email us at LockedOnHeat at gmail.com to find out more about sponsoring Locked on Heat and engaging the audience you want to reach.